Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark, September 5th. It is officially the hockey season, the season of hockey. You know, we're we're in the, we're getting the sports season here. As always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Parker, today I'm doing great. Had a wonderful day with my daughter, Kayla, as we... Uh get her ready for accepting the end of summer, basically the start of her school year tomorrow. So always uh, spend a lot easy to spend a lot of time with my boys. We can golf, we can do a lot of sports. So Kayla, don't always get to spend quality time with her. Was able to do that today. We tried the rec room out in Burnaby, wasted mm. 40 bucks for, and all we got was a, a bag of Sour Patch Kids and a peanut M&Ms, but it was sure worth the time. That's for sure. That's, <laughs> that's tough. Um, well, the Canucks have spent a lot more money than that. Uh, yes, a million times more than that. Plus, yes, yes. Uh, and we're going to get into that. That's obviously our marquee topic for the night. Will be J.T. Miller, uh, who mm-hmm. has been discussed, you know, as we've said ad nauseum uh, yeah. for the past really four five months. I guess yep. it's been since the Canucks have played hockey, and somehow we're still here, uh, which is crazy because we're thirty seven days away from the regular season kicking off. Um, uh, do but at least any... we have actual news to talk about. We though. have news uh, yeah. to talk about for the first time yeah. Yeah. in a long time. Uh, and that's going to be the main one. Uh, we can also talk about Canada, uh, the women's uh, yep. team winning the Worlds there. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably about it. Before that, though, Parker, you always always ask, do a good job asking me how I'm doing. Does Labor Day have any significance for you at all? I know you're not in school anymore, per se. but uh, It is yeah. a nice Monday off. Uh, <laughs> and it was that was about it. Love it. Love it. That sounds good. You look you look rested. You look good. I am very tired. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. I was I was working on the car today, getting everything sorted and it was a oh. What do you do okay. in your car? Uh just messing with the the screen, trying to make okay. things do things. It is a okay. it is a, it's it's not interesting. You should vlog um, from your car more. I know a guy who does that. Yeah, I have in the past. Yeah, uh, I know you have. <laughs> That's how I met little, you. Yeah. It's a little weirder in an underground parkade now when people are just walking past more often than on the street. True. Um, True. So yeah, we're going to talk about JT Miller. Love it. Love it. Um, how do you? How do we want to attack this? Uh, I guess we uh, can do a little breakdown. Yeah, I right? I know we both did videos on it. You, I watched your. You did such a good job. Why don't you break down the actual uh, thing? We don't have to talk about how we got here. We know how we got here. Break it down, and then we can really talk about ramifications. I.e., think it's good or bad him, and then how it kind of affects the rest of the team, especially guys who also need contracts. How's that sound? Sounds good. All, All right. right. JT Miller signs. <laughs> uh, this comes out Friday, basically like an hour before the long weekend uh, really hits. Um, I think, yeah, it was like three o'clock, three thirty, something along those lines uh, where it just drops out of nowhere, a tweet from the Canucks. I don't think anyone really even leaked it. Like no, it was just crazy. It was just like, boom. Uh, Patrick Alvin's announced that the, the Canucks have signed JT Miller, seven-year extension, eight million bucks a year. Um, obviously, that does not include this coming season. He was already signed at five point two five for this coming season, so it is effectively until the 2029-2030 season. Um, so a ways out. Uh, so basically, effectively, he's locked in with the Canucks for eight uh, more years. Keep in mind, he's 29 years old at this point. Uh, he'll be in his age 36, 37 season as we get into that final year, I believe, if I've done the math correctly. Um, so, $8 million bucks, no move clause for the first four years. Uh, well, I guess no move clause technically for the entire contract, um, which means he can never get sent down. Uh, and right. then no tr- uh, modified no trade for the last three years with a 15-team no trade list. So basically half the teams in the NHL that he cannot go to. Hmm. Um, while there will be 16 that he would still be able to go to. Uh, hopefully it doesn't really come to that, though. Uh, hopefully this is ending up being a good contract where the Canucks are happy the whole way through. So initial reaction, you're sitting there Friday, 3.30, you're wrapping up yeah. for the weekend. You're like, all right, a nice stress-free long weekend. Yeah. And then this comes up. First thought. Uh, first thought, I was driving home from the dock, Kate's Park. We just welcomed all of our campers from our annual grade seven camp. I had a van full of stuff that I had to take back to my office. And uh, I saw the tweet and then my Sean, my son called me and said, what did you hear? And I said, yeah, I just heard. So I, Gail, who was with me, I said, do you mind if I pull over and record a quick, <laughs> you know how it goes, right? So <laughs> did that. And honestly, Parker, my first reaction 
my first reaction wasn't that it was great or it was bad. My first reaction was actually, wow, I'm really surprised because as you said, this management group is really good at keeping things under wraps. I had yeah. no, no indication this was going to happen. So admittedly, I was speaking from a state of surprise, shock, whatever word you want to use, as opposed to, man, this is the best deal ever. Or man, this deal is the worst deal ever. It was more of, wow, I'm surprised that no one even heard of this. This really blind. This was the definition of a blind side. It really got me. Yeah. My first reaction was, uh, oh, this is a fake tweet. Uh, hold on. Where's the, <laughs> I was like, I was looking for like the, like the weird spelling, like Canucks yeah. with a four instead of an A or something, or or you know something along yeah. those lines, or or like yeah. the little where they do the little white circle at the end. It's not actually a check mark. Yeah, uh, and I was like, no. And then Tricky. I clicked on it, took me to Canucks.com, and it was like an yep. actual thing. And I was like, huh. That was my thought too. I was like, that's surprising. Yeah. There go they went for it. They just did yeah. it. Um, yeah. And I mean, money wise, my initial thought was eight million bucks a year sounds about right mm -hmm. uh seven years a lot about what i expected mm -hmm. and i my sort of instant reaction was like i'm not sure if i love it but here we go mm -hmm. yeah and that's the thing and we can maybe a good way to talk about this is we can talk about the the pros and cons of it obviously but that was the thing that struck me parker but then it shouldn't really be a surprise to us is you're with everything, with the Canucks do, you have a lot of people that love this deal. Best player of the, the they had the season. Why won't you want this heart and soul guy? Durable, blah, blah, blah. He'll be fine for all seven years. And then you have another group, and I'm sure we can talk about this to say, uh, are we going to be that competitive now when that money counts? Are we going to be that competitive later when the money uh, really counts when you need a contract for other guys? So people just don't like the fact that it's seven years and takes, yeah. it, it basically pushes up our competitive window to basically right now when Demko Hughes, well, well I know we'll talk about all that too. So it's it interesting to see th those two viewpoints. I kind of land in the middle. Um, I'm happy that it was done. I'm happy that it won't be distraction because we've talked about that on the show before. But again, I was, I was really surprised, man. I was really surprised. Yeah, it was very surprising. Uh, and my, my sort of MO has been uh, the whole way. Yep. that you want as big of a cup window as possible. That should yes. be your goal to build the best team possible that can compete for as long as possible because you're going to run into situations like the Vancouver Canucks of the late 2000s, early 2010s did where they had uh, they, they were a championship caliber team, hmm. but they really only had one, maybe a, like a couple of shots at it, but really they had one shot at it. And yep. at that point, you get to the Stanley Cup Finals 50-50. Um, but even then, you know, you're going up against 16 other teams, uh, maybe, maybe six of them that are sort of in that same, like elite contender phase as you, well, only one of those six is going to win. So yeah. if you aren't making your competitive window long enough, you're going to run into some trouble. And that's what we're seeing with Calgary right now, right? Like Calgary is basically locked in like, Kate, hey, next two, three years, Calgary has to do something now because they're going to fall apart after, um, mm -hmm. But they they then have to beat Colorado and Tampa and you know every all these other teams now that are trying to do the same thing at the same time, um, and that's yeah. where a deal like this stresses me out a bit um, because when you're looking at signing a guy for eight million bucks a year, seven years, your goal is usually, especially a, a player who's 29 years old, he'll be you know 30 when this contract kicks in. Um, Usually those contracts are you get decent value out of the start and then not great value out of the end, right? Mm -hmm. Just kind of how mm -hmm. it works. Uh, unless it's Louis Erickson, then it's bad value the whole way through. <laughs> um, so if, if you're going to get good value to start, bad value to the end, well, you're trying to maximize the beginning, right? And you look at some of the contracts that Canucks have where, you know, Elias Pettersson for the next two years is only making, you know, 7.4, yeah. um, which I think is a pretty good deal for a guy like him. Uh, you know, Connor Garland has, you know, could be a pretty good value. Quinn Hughes making under $8 million a year and is probably worth more than that. Um, you know, and Thatcher Demko making $5 million a year for the next four years. You have these pieces that are really good for like a compete now. The problem is the, the supplemental pieces aren't really there. Yes. Um, but if we're talking about right now, like let's say JT Miller is going to be worth that $8 million for the first three years of that contract. Let's say the next four years, JT Miller's positive value. Well, the problem is now, you know, we're, we're dipping into the end of that where, uh, let's say four years, five years from now, Demko needs a new contract. Uh, Hughes will be up for an extension. Patterson will have already gotten a new contract. Brock Besser will be a UFA. Yeah. Um, you know, there's going to be uh, salary caps going to go up 
uh, by a good chunk around then too. But the Canucks are also going to have a bunch more paying to do at the exact same time. Um, yes. So yeah, it's it really is a well, we got to try to get in because that's sort of where we're at. Um, and you know, there's some flaws, which we'll get to some of those flaws uh, in a moment. But <laughs> it is sort of this. Uh, it is sort of the management group saying, you know, they think that the Canucks are a good enough team to at least get in and maybe make some sort of a, a, a dark horse run. Yeah. Obviously not one of the top competitive teams. I mean, we're talking about a team that's probably third in the division, maybe as we sort of talked about third or fourth, mm-hmm. um, which isn't usually contender status. Uh, so, but yeah, that's sort of the philosophy that, or the, the sign that we're seeing here. Yeah. Uh, well said. I love what you said about being, uh, you know, the, getting the value out of the start of the contract to me, Parker, I break it down uh, as uh of the seven years, I break it down into the first three, the back four, um, because I line it up with Demko. So you're right. Starting now, Demko has four more years left. We know Miller's got one year on his old one, and then his new one kicks in. So let's say we're talking about that four year from now, where Demko's contract ends, Miller, his third year ends, and yeah, Hughes will still have another year. So you have those three of your core six now. I used to call them the core four, but I added Miller and Demko to that core six. So you basically have Miller... Demko and Hughes guaranteed to the end of that third season of Miller's new contract. But you're right. By then, Pedersen will be in his second year of his new one. Besser will be in his first year of his new one. And Horvat, who knows what's going to happen with him? Those That makes up my core six. So even then, every year, of course, you progress. You have less and less certainty because those guys have to get new contracts. So, you know, next year, at least we know that we, we have Horvat for one more year. And then he's got a new one. And then it kind of cascades from there. Pedersen, then Besser, then Demko, then Hughes. And Miller is steady all throughout that whole thing. All to say, yes, it bumps up the Canucks competitive window. Their win now window too. I think the next two or three years, as you said. But you're right. How are they going to fill the rest of their lineup? The salary cap might go up a little bit. But is it enough to keep Horvat, Kuzmenko, Podkoles, and ultimately he'll need a new one? There's a lot to think about. Yeah. And I think if we um, – and I do sort of want to talk about if we were saying sort of that – Right now, they they have sort of set it up where their window is, you know, would be in theory closing around 2025, 2026, which is, like we've said, scary uh, because, you know, I don't think they're competing this year, which means that's only a two year shot at it. Right. Maybe three. Uh, What could help them uh, in fairness? uh, And this is something that a lot of people will say uh, is the cap should jump in 2025, 2026 by an estimated $8 million in that okay. one year alone. Really? Uh, which would, uh, according to Alan Walsh, at least. Uh, so take that as you will. Um, <laughs> but they a huge jump, which you could say, okay, well, that basically just makes the JT Miller contract free and everything else is sort of going, you know, the Canucks can basically use that phrase. The thing is, demands are going to go up a lot in that year, right? You know, yeah. you're going to have... Uh, Brock Besser become a UFA going into that season. And mm-hmm. let's say he let's say he's scored like, you know, 25, 30 goals a couple of years. Well, suddenly that being worth six million or six point six million is now probably worth eight million because the cap just went up by eight million. Right. Yes. So it's it's all about making the most of, of what you have and what you have foresight into. Um, so, yeah, it, it will be helpful, um, yeah. but it's going to be helpful for every team. Right. It's not just benefiting yeah. the Canucks. Exactly. Yes. There's no relative advantage. There's only your own. Yes. Your own. Right. Yes. Uh, whatever. Your own perspective. But I, I, I like that, Parker. I think if you and I, I think we agree then that if you name the 25, 26 year as, let's say, this current contention window ends. Like we said, it's when Demko's for, uh, last year of his contract ends. So really, that's what we're looking at. Um, so you're right. If, if this year, let's say they're just not there yet, then that really leaves only three years in that window. And, uh, Gosh, are we ready for another rebuild just four short years from now? I, I guess we can worry about that a little later. We got a lot of shows to do. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I don't and I don't think it gets there, right? Because at that yeah. point, you know, Patterson's like twenty eight, Besser's yeah. thirty. Um, but you know, Horvat's probably thirty two around that time. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Hughes yeah. will only yeah. be like twenty seven. Um sure. so there'll still be those core pieces. Again, it just depends on on if they're getting priced out, right? Yeah. Um and you know what yeah. you're necessarily uh, losing them for whatever that ends up being. So yeah. basically what the Canucks have, have done is they have they had an option. They they yeah. basically had the choice of um you know trading their 100 point player or keeping him. Now when you put it like that, which some people have done, uh like Chris <laughs> Gear, 
for example. Yeah, that was uh, fun, wasn't that? <laughs> that was entertaining. Uh, then the obvious answer is, well, yeah, I want the 100-point player on our team. Yeah. Um, the other part of that is, though, like, yeah, how is that going to impact your cap down the road? Because if they could have got him for, you know, uh, $9.5 million for four years, mm-hmm. right, suddenly we're in a much different conversation because, like, okay, well, he's going to be that $9.5 million player for the next four years, and yep. then we worry about the, the tail end when we get there. Maybe you trade him at that point anyways. Um, but obviously, JT Miller, why would he take something like that, right? He wants the term. Um, so the Canucks basically did the the standard, you know, long-term play um, when the other option was a, a trade. But if if those trade discussions never got anywhere, right, we've always said your option is, you know, JT Miller or $8 million of cap space and a bunch of assets. Yep. Right. And then that that level starts to balance a little bit. And that's why, you know, I was sort of leaning towards the trade side, because, yes, it makes your team worse right now. But you're making a team that's on the bubble worse uh, to be bet to be an actual Stanley Cup contender, maybe a year or two down. If you can pick up some, you know, some 25 year old good forwards or something like that or good defensemen, um, you know, like a Noah Dobson, even though it's probably a higher, uh, higher mm-hmm. bar. Um, so that's where, that's where the, it sort of gets mixed up. But if those assets were not that good that they were getting offered in return, then that again can sort of level out to, to just sign in the guy. So I think the thing is, as long as he doesn't dramatically fall off, right? Let's say he's an 80 point player for the first three, for the next three years, let's say, right. And then he has five years left at $8 million. Let, if things go sour, that's a tradable deal. Like it's it, like it just will be uh, obviously not for as much. Um, and he has a no move and no trade. But like if if let's say a relationship soured and they, they had to get rid of him, they probably could. And it wouldn't involve getting rid of like eight first round picks. Um, so they'd be fine there. So, mm-hmm. I, again, I don't hate it. It's yeah. one of those things. It's like, OK, they have they have put themselves in a situation now where they have short. They have given themselves a time period and they got a lot of work to do. And it's really seeing, you know, how are they going to get around having three NHL defensemen on their roster? <laughs> Great. When you put it that way, it makes me sad again. The the $8 million, let's talk about that. The the price tag, I, I don't mind it. Maybe, maybe you're, some people are saying Zabinajad 8.5, Thomas Hurdle 8.2. So when you come in south of those numbers, that's a good thing. And do you remember we were talking when we first started talking about JT Miller, we were talking about nine, nine and a half, not necessarily what you and I thought, but that's the numbers we heard out there. Then maybe you got eight million as opposed to eight and a half or eight and three quarters because you gave him seven years as opposed to five or six. Right? You, you, you can't just look at money and term independently. They go with each other. The longer you get a guy, the less per year you have to pay him. So maybe mm-hmm. you paid a, yeah, maybe you paid a little bit less. Be, I said I said that the wrong way, but maybe you paid a little less because you got he got an extra year out of it. Who knows? So the eight million, comparatively speaking, I don't mind it. And you're right. Yep. If you don't like five year five year six year seven, that's when the modified no trade comes, and at least you have a window of an option there. Right now, you did mention the Tom to the Tomas Hurdle yeah. contract. Yeah, that's a bad contract. <laughs> like they're paying him what is it like eight and a half million dollars or eight point one ish. Through the same year, 2029, 20, 2030, and his ah. peak was 74 points four years ago. What? Right? Like this last year, he had 64 points. Uh, that's, what are they paying for then? Uh, he's Well, they're also, keep in mind, remember who else they're paying a, a boatload of money, right? I mean, they've signed Timo Meyer for a $6 million bridge. That's not that bad. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they're still paying uh, a guy like uh, Eric Carlson uh, $11.5 million a year through 2027. Yep. Uh, Brent Burns are paying eight million dollars a year through twenty twenty five, and he's not as good as he used to be. They're 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 in they're kind of just in too deep at this point, so they're just throwing mm-hmm. money around. Uh, and Zibanejad, on the other hand, I really like Zibanejad. Um, he's been above a point per game multiple, like uh, I think three, two or three times his career. Eight yep. and a half million dollars through twenty thirty. It's really the same deal as Miller with an extra five hundred thousand dollars on it. It's oh. uh, and I would much rather have I think J T Miller over Mika Zibanejad. I mean he had that one, uh, you know that forty one goals in fifty seven games, which was crazy. Um, but he hasn't bounced back to that right. He only had thirty goals last year in eighty one games. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that contract's going to age well either. Um, mm-hmm. But the Rangers have turned their 
their ship around pretty quickly and they're they're trying also to contend in sort of this next three years or so so yeah. that Zibanejad deal isn't going to be awful until you know they're probably on the tail end of their of their push anyways wow okay so and then didn't Kachuk and um I'm just trying to think of the three of Goudreau Kachuk and Huberto aren't they all like nine seven five and nine five and I can't remember. Uh, I don't know how easy it is to look those up. Uh, so Goudreau is nine seven five through yep. twenty twenty nine. Okay. Uh, now Goudreau is a winger, but he did get a hundred and fifteen points last year, yes, including yes, yes, forty yes. goals, For and sure. he's hit thirty six goals before and ninety nine points. Okay. Uh, previously as well. So Which one other you were looking for? Kachuk as uh, well. Kachuk and Huberdeau. Yeah. Uh, so Kachuk makes nine and a half, but mm-hmm. yeah, and he had one hundred and four points last year, but he's also twenty four. Right, yep. so he's not going to regress all that much. Um, yeah, you know, uh, there and a lot of those are RFA years, or a few of them are right. at least. So yeah, okay, um, yeah. I'm just curious. So yeah, it's that's not a perfect apples to apples um, comparison. So uh, I think for me, the bottom line with respect to the term and the money is I like it. I don't love it certainly, mm-hmm. but I don't dislike it. And when you look at the overall scheme, and obviously. Boudreaux loves Miller. We we think that Rutherford and Alvin really like Miller as well. And um, uh, to me, honestly, Parker, I, I think, I, I believe it when Miller says he's always wanted to be here, despite all the rumors. I believe it that they didn't want this to get to training camp. And whether one side moved a little bit to make it happen, it doesn't matter. It, it, it happened. It yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be better than all of Reckman Larson's contract? probably <laughs> right <laughs> like like i'm much more concerned about that one and that's only five more years instead of eight um yeah, that's that's much more of a concern to me because jt miller has shown you know he wasn't a top line player until he yep. got here but he has had three years of great production right i mean his first year 72 points in 69 games over a point per game uh last year the whole team had a downtrend, right? 2020, 2021. So I guess not mm-hmm. last year. Now I'm sort of mixed up, but uh, yeah. 46 points, 53 games, right? And the team was not good. Uh, and then this last year, yeah, 32 goals, 99 points. So he is, yeah. I, I mean, at worst, we're talking about a guy who, like, I think a bad, if he has a, if he has a bad year this year, he still breaks 70 points. Um, so I, I think that's a f- total fine thing to have at 8 million bucks a year. Yeah, um, it just his his power play production and his even strength, in, well, obviously uh, alone, uh, but his power play production. I know there's that stat that only Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl had more power play points than JT Miller last season. And maybe uh, maybe that comes back to earth a little bit, but he's he's too good. He, he's on the ice too much to not get points. It's right. simply the case, yeah. Now the other the other problem there um, yep. that sort of comes from that and all the the secondary points. I mean, yeah, he had thirty assists on the power play, mm. right? Like that's a that's a big benefit, uh, and those assists count, right? They're still good, um, <laughs> but you know it's it can it can bring you down to earth a little bit. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, and I I don't know if I have I don't know if I have the stat available um, to pull up, but I believe. I see this loads. Uh, I want to see secondary assists. Um, Where do you get all your cool stats, by the way? I don't know. I'm just on random websites at this point. (laughs) Random Uh, websites. Point two. Here we go. Secondary assists. Uh, He was fifth in the NHL last year in secondary assists, JT Miller. Okay. Uh, So 32 goals, 36 primary assists. Yeah. So even that, that's, you know, 68 points. That's good. Yeah, uh, and the, but yeah, thirty-one of his ninety-nine points did come as secondary assists, and right? that makes sense because if you have a lot of power play points, a lot of times your secondary assists obviously come on power play points, right? And a, you're not tip, yeah, yeah. I think uh, nineteen of those thirty, uh, nineteen of those thirty-one were at even strength, wow. uh, and the other eleven were on the power play, and I guess there was one shorthanded one as well. That's a good random website. What website is that? Icdata.hockey. Wow. Anytime I do random websites, I get banned by my tech guys at work. Okay, that's another story. That's fair. That was a, that was a joke. Okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, thirty about thirty percent of his points are secondary assists. Okay, which isn't, it's not that bad percentage wise. Like it's not it's not crazy different from anyone else that's high up on the points charts. I mean, yep. actually, maybe it is. 
30. Connor McDavid was 23%. Goudreau was only 20% secondary mm-hmm. points. Um, Drysaddle was 22%. Stamkos, 19 Yeah, Everyone's sort of in the 20 range, and that's JT Miller at 30. Yep. Um, so that is, you know, it's an extra 10 assists or so than the yeah. average. Uh, but, by the way, small aside, small aside, Parker, but since we're talking about the power play, do you anticipate the first unit to still be the same big five of Miller, Horvat, Hughes, Pedersen, and what the heck? Besser. Yeah, Besser in the bumper. Yeah. Um, just start probably. Yeah. I, I don't see them really changing it. I mean, I and then I think yeah, you can throw try throwing Kuzmenko on unit two, yeah. uh, Mikheyev on unit two. Maybe. How about the three Russians on unit two? Yeah, that would be interesting for sure. Um, I don't know how well it would work, but Who's I mean, right I guess shot? yeah. What what is good about that is Russians you usually play their offside anyways, which you do want on the power play. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think power play one will probably be pretty similar unless you know they do try a guy like Kuzmenko and and he yeah. exceeds expectations, um, and then maybe they can do some swapping there. It's really about how much do you want to balance your two units, which in my opinion you shouldn't balance them at all. You should mm-hmm. just put your first power play unit out for the entire two minutes because it's not like they're skating much anyways. Right. Um, right. So. Yeah, actually, that's a good point about the offhand because you need of the let's say you go four forwards, you need the bumper guy to be a right shot guy, and you need that uh, your left wing guy could be either a left shot like Miller is or a right shot because then it's on your your strong side. So technically, you could put Pakols in as a bumper as the right hand guy. I think McKay is McKay right or left? No idea. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna guess left. And uh, yeah, me too. He's right wing, so he shoots left. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then you have Garland as a right as a right hand option as well. Pretty sure he's right handed. I have no clue. I'll look these up before the season yeah, starts. We'll uh we'll f- it's yeah. Uh yeah, Garland is right handed. Um Thanks. But yeah, so the, you could definitely get get flexible there. Obviously Miller's gonna be involved on in that first unit um, yep. and rack up probably a ton of points because of it, hopefully. Hopefully the power play is good enough where that's the case. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think we sort of both have similar overall thoughts, though. Uh, yep. There's there's risk involved, as there is yep. for any time you're throwing around almost $60 million. Um, and I think it's probably going to, if we follow the way most contracts go, it's probably going to be pretty decent for a while and then probably be not so great <laughs> at the end. Uh, and that's just sort of how they go. Hey, it's better than paying uh, Beagle and Roussel, uh, you know, what would they make? Three million bucks each? Who was the three, other one? Louis. Sutter? Six. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, six Sutter. and then Sutter. Yeah. yeah. It's better than spending like $18 million on, on those four. Um, yes. That is for sure. That is This is better value in that case. And, I mean, yeah, if you think about it this way, right, compared to paying, if you're paying your fourth liners $3 million, uh, yeah. well, now you're only paying them one, and then those savings just make up JT Miller's contract. Yes. All, basically on their own. <laughs> so with all due respect to Keeper, Hoaglander, Burroughs, Shen, even Dermot and Dowling, next season, the contracts of Andre Kuzmenko, who we have no idea how he's going to do. We want him to do well. Obviously, the better he does, the bigger his next contract is going to be. But we'll see. That's kind of a weird one because it's his first yeah. year. And of course, Bo Horvat, who was in the same situation as Miller. He still does have one year left, so it does not have to be done now. We had heard that there was some progress. Then it came back a little bit. Parker, everyone's talking now. And, and my brother uh, and others have, have even long before this Miller contract got, got announced, they were kind of hypothesizing. Uh, what's the word? Hypothesizing. Hypothesizing. Not, yeah, not a, they're not a hypotenuse. Hypothesizing that maybe the, the long play here is keeping Miller and trading Horvat. So I'm not asking you if the Canucks are going to trade Horvat. I'm asking you. What do you think is going to happen with the Horvat? Does he get a deal done as well before trading count? So let's lay it out. Let's look at let's the let's let's take a look at. I got cap friendly open here. Me and too. Yeah. The big the big thing is the big contracts coming up because yeah, it's not Dermot's. You know, might get a little more money. Yeah. Uh, Shen Burrows. Who knows if they're still around? Um, so you're good. You're good on goaltending. You're yeah. good on. Uh, well, okay. You're pretty good on forwards. Horvat and Guzmanko. So yep. right now, the way it sounds on cap friendly, uh, the Canucks have $14.6 million in projected cap space for next season. 
Only 146 because the cap will go up by $1 million next year, and that is it. Um, wow. Or is it one and a half? I think it's no, just it's one. It's one. one. Okay. Yeah. Up to 83.5. So yeah. that is before signing Bo Horvat. Yes. Now let's say Andre Kuzmenko is decent, um, and let's say he makes, let's say he gets a, a nice little pay raise to like $3 million bucks a year. Sure. Right. And I think that's because he could be not very good and put up 20 points. He could be really good and put up 50 points. Let's just call it three to make the math easy. So that brings the Canucks down to 11.6 million. Yeah. Um, and then the Canucks only have three defensemen under, under contract. Great. Quinn Hughes, Ekman Larson, Tyler Myers. You have to fill mm. in your four, five and six spots and then a spare guy in the press box. <laughs> so let's say the Canucks somehow fill those spots out for I don't know, two million bucks a pop. Yeah. Again, would be tough. Um, but let's say they put $6 million in their defenseman. So that takes them down to $5.6 million left to play with. That's basically what Bo Horvat makes right now. Mm. So that would be the Canucks could then figure out a way to probably extend him if they paid no extra money. Uh, keep in mind, they would have like, I think, one too few forwards on the roster and probably one too <laughs> few defensemen on the roster, but that's fine. The problem is. Bo Horvat put up 52 points last year. He was really good in the playoff bubble, 10 goals in 17 games. Um, you know, he's basically a consistent sort of 60 point guy is sort of his, where all of his numbers average out to a 60 point guy is probably going to make a little bit more than 5.5. Yeah. Right? Especially the captain uh, who's really put in his time. Um, so he's probably going to want more than the $5.6 million that are available on the cap. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts to get tricky. Because then you need to find a way to maybe try to shed the last year of the Tyler Myers contract or the remainder of the Oliver Ekman Larson contract. That's going to be harder to shed than the last year of the Tyler Myers contract, I bet. Um, You have to basically find a way to free up a few million dollars and then fill that spot that you have now created a hole in. Um, So it's one of those things where you're going to have to make some moves, right? The Canucks cannot go into the next offseason without having to do something drastic next offseason. Either getting rid of Bo Horvat, who will be a UFA. You want that, you ideally want that figured out before you get to free agency next year where he walks for nothing. Um, and yeah, they got to either free up cap space for him or let him go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I know someone who knows someone on oh, the... Is that right? How many three? No, someone's out there. There's either two or three degrees of separation. And the number I've heard floated, and it's it's not from a, a like a. a I, I've just heard a number of six point five million floated. I'll put it that way: six point okay. five. When I say that to you, uh, I, obviously, I, I guess we got to guess that like a five, six, seven year term. Who knows? But if I say six point five to you, does that sound reasonable to you? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I, again, you're, there's probably term on that though, right? It's probably six yeah. or seven years. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'd be fine with. I wouldn't love it. Again, I'd be in the same like, okay, well, Horvat plays a game that I don't know if it's going to translate to when he's 34 years old. Right. But you know, we're in a spot where you got to they've they've committed at this point, right? Um, so at that point, yeah. Say if it's 6.5, let's go back to the start. We had 16.4 to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that he takes. It's called 6.4. brings us down to $10 million. Um, and then you got to sign. So for $10 million, you have to find four defensemen for your roster. Maybe just three. Let's go with just three because you can you can bring up a guy like Rathbone, let's say. Mm-hmm. But you got to find three defensemen on your roster. You got to find two forwards and pay Andre Kuzmenko. Oh, and Niels Hoaglander was another one as well. He's probably in yeah. for a mild raise, right? Like yeah. maybe to 1.25 or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, 300,000 bucks, not enough to, to mess with the math. But yeah, the Canucks will have some holes to fill. It's probably doable, but we're already talking about a not great defense, right? <laughs> and at some point, do you have more value paying Bo Horvat or trying to put that money towards another defenseman you know i i don't know I, it's a tough question to answer because at that point you know there's a real chance that bo horvat's just your third line center uh, mm-hmm. and you want to be paying your third line center six and a half million dollars probably not that's that's a really good point actually when you put it that way yeah 6.5 for 3c that's a really good point probably the best 3c in the league though yeah 
That's where you put uh, the lotto line back together, I think. <laughs> and then he can be 2C. Yeah. yeah. I, well, uh, you laid that out really well, as you usually do. Yeah, I just I like Horvath. You, got, you know he's my of course. current Canucks player. He brings so much to the team. I know someone asked earlier, Horvat versus Miller's a captain. I think Horvat's a good captain. Yeah. Uh, great face in the community. All those things. All those things. But when you look at the pure numbers, yeah, he actually puts up good stats too. He's pretty durable. But 6.5 is a lot for a 3C if that's what you're calling him. But we're only calling him that because they like to have Miller in the middle. Otherwise, he'd be a 2C for sure. Oh, so tricky. Yeah, and the problem is the Canucks have, you know, too many good centermen, really, right? They have yeah. they have basically two number ones and a number two. Yeah. Um, which is great. Um, but if you especially if you're gonna put Miller with Patterson, right? That's great. Um, but yeah, the problem is that they also only have one top four defenseman, basically, right? Right, right. And that's where you it's sort of a they need a bit of a reallocation of assets. And that's, you know, if you take the personal side completely out of it, that's the conclusion you get to, right? Because yeah. I, I love Horvat on the team as well. I think he's, yeah. uh, you know, the, was the obvious choice to be the captain. and um, But the Canucks have now three valuable centers yeah. and not enough defense. Uh, so, and that's yeah. where it gets tricky. What would you think of this, Parker? You move Petey or Miller to the wing. And then you keep Horvat as your 2C. And you also, by moving Peter Miller to the wing, then that you can get that 5 or $6 million of cap space by trading one of Garland or Besser. Not, yeah. not, not right now, but like down the road. Down the road. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. Obviously, I think they neither of them have any trade protection on their deals. Um, yeah. Besser does. And in the last year, he gets a 10-team no trade. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, because he's not technically an RFA at that point, so they can have trade protection. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it it is a reasonable thing you could do. Uh, yeah. I th- I don't know if you're getting a ton of value for a Brock Besser. I think you're getting more value for Garland, uh, and I think that's I'm just basing that solely on cap number, right? Yeah. It's, an, yeah. it's a 1.7 million dollar difference for uh, players who basically had the same, same production profile. last year. You got it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? you got it. Um, I think, uh, so it's, uh, I, would I rather out of those, who would I want to keep the most? Yeah, it's probably, it's probably Horvat. Maybe again, he's two years older than Besser. Um, that's not huge though. Again, they just, they need to find some way to get good defensemen. And yeah. if that's yeah. the way it has to be done, then that's fine by me. Isn't it funny? I, I, if someone told me two years ago or even last year, yeah, you know, there's a possibility that Horvat might get traded so you can shore up your D-line and or make uh, cap cap space. I would have said, yeah, get out of here. That, yeah. It, I wouldn't have thought of that. And the problem is that, that Horvat is a, a valuable uh, asset in, in his own zone too, right? Yeah. I, like that, that helps as well, um, where maybe a, a Garland isn't as much so. Um, mm-hmm. or Besser isn't as much so being wingers. It's a, it's a much easier job uh, in your own zone. So it's, yeah, yeah. yeah it is, uh, it's tricky. And it's, it, it's not like a, it's not going to be a single move, right? I doubt you're, you're trading Horvat or you're trading, let's say you're, I doubt you're trading Besser for a 25 year old top four defenseman, uh, one for one, right? It's probably a pain, right? You probably got to trade him for like a couple of picks or whatever. Then you got to flip those and, <laughs> yeah. They got their work cut out for them, right? I, yeah. I don't envy their position. Um, yeah. It is a, uh, but they have to do something. Safe to say that uh, the mess that Rutherford and Alvin inherited from Benning and Co. is taking longer to unfurl than maybe what they've anticipated. Yeah, and I think that's sort of what they, what the the sentiment has been, right? It was yeah. they thought they'd come in, maybe just flip JT Miller for a bunch of assets, use those assets to shore up the defense build a, a a decent team that's maybe a little bit younger and they can ha- be good in a couple of years then you know again much easier said than done it's really just uh, part of that flat cap that makes it so difficult parker i'm giggling because uh we have people saying both of us should help out you say peter says Canuck should just sign parker right-handed d-man and play with hughes uh blitz says doesn't parker play right d that's no brainer to me and then ben my boy ben says play clay and net and trade demko for a right side d-man so a lot of options out there yeah, uh, I would say the problem is goalies don't have a bunch of trade value. Okay, yeah. uh, even even top goalies, you know, right. maybe some, but yeah. not enough. 
Um, I think to, the bigger problem is I'd be move. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, that, yeah, that's part of the downside. <laughs> I think put Spencer Martin in that. Uh, that's fine too. Okay, um, maybe back up. Yeah, uh, I'll play right D. Sure. Okay. I don't know if I'm better than Luke Shen, but I'll try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can uh, take up uh, some of the crease. Okay, we'll f- we'll figure that out later. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate that. I- I'm taking that as a compliment, even though I doubt it was. But that's okay. Peter's asking how much term and money it would take. I'll take vet men. Uh, I'll take what? Yeah. 850k a year? Sure. Yeah. That'd yeah. be fine. I'll just take the insurance. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I'll need you it. Need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. That's so bad. That's so yeah. bad. Yeah, well maybe that's something we can do. If we're ever running out of uh not today, thank goodness, but if we're running out of topics, we can make our all Canucks after dark team like a full roster. But then would we end up insulting a bunch of people or complimenting them? That's the question. Yeah, I'm gonna put a poll here. Oh no! Uh, and it's just—I just want a, a general. I want everyone to to give us their opinion on the JT Miller signing. It's just a rate the signing, yep. A, B, C, or D. Uh, what would you What would you call it? Uh, give us Give us your opinion in the poll right now. And hit the like button while you're over there. That would be nice. Yeah, that'd be um, good. We got about 20 minutes left. Should we go to the people? Take some questions. Uh, let's do one got. more thing. One more yeah. hockey topic, and then let's go to the people for the last 15 minutes. Uh, the women's, the Team Canada. Yes. After getting blitzed 5-2 in the preliminary round, come back and beat the United States 2-1 in the gold medal game. Yes. I uh, I didn't watch it because it was early in the morning and I didn't know it was on yet. I thought it would be an afternoon game. Yes. Um, but it was on at like 10.30, so I missed it, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I think they've won. They just win every time, which is nice yeah. for us. They're good. Um, They're good. Basically three wins in the last year with last World Championships and the Olympics and this one. Nice. Uh, which is awesome. Um, I'm just sad I didn't watch it. Me too. But big story. I guess you heard that Scott Smith. Yeah. He's he's the president. What's his title? Things like the CEO or something. Okay. He uh, was the one giving the gold medals out or, yeah. or part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real classy from, from Hockey Canada as they yeah. continue to be seemingly. Um, yeah. I'm not as informed as I should be, but... Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, it doesn't seem like Hockey Canada is doing their best. And it's strange. It's coming all this this craziness and and this purging or lack thereof. All this stuff they're figuring out is happening while Canadian hockey is enjoying some really good success. That's kind of like the weird part of it. Yeah, it makes it it's <laughs> it's tough to it's tough to celebrate the moments right with yes. that always just ho- hanging over. So yeah, great point. Um, Great on the women who played, though, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. I, you know, there are times where we can say screw Hockey Canada. Uh, the organization <laughs> clearly has some work to do, um, but the players uh, are unstoppable, which is yeah. fun for us to root for. Right, uh, J- Justin Brutz, I love this. He says two goals by Jenner, female Demko Debian with Stellar in the last minute, and also Poulin with a huge game save. I I did see the last few seconds uh, they played that a lot on twitter mm-hmm. it's crazy i don't know even in your like um your beer league or whatever your your good leagues do you ever get into those last minute scrambles or is it never get that crazy those look pretty fun you get, a, you get them sometimes they're yeah. very stressful um <laughs> you know it's especially because what will usually happen is is you know you'll go out on on defense with like 90 seconds to go in the game and right. you're thinking like yeah we're just gonna lock this thing up and the yeah. puck comes back in your own zone. They pull the goalie or whatever, and you're just scrambling back and forth. And yeah, it gets tiring. Those last 15 seconds when you're you're dead tired and you look over and someone has a scoring chance, you're like, I can't get there. Like right. it's just too far, right. too fast. Uh, and you're just hoping that your goalie stands on their head. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it gets exciting. That's for sure. But it is scary. Parker, I'm guessing I would not surprise you nor any of the viewers or listeners to say that when our roller hockey team is down or up a goal with the last minute, I'm usually cheering from the bench. Yeah, I understand. I, I'm not defending the lead and I'm definitely not out there trying to pot the game time goal. I'll put it that much. Unless, unless truly um, I'm stuck out there or um, they just need my big butt in front of the net. And then once in a while they'll put me out there, but very rarely, very rarely. Gotcha. Yeah. All <sighs> right. Shall we? Yes, and let's do this, Charms, uh, to start this off, just because, Parker, you understand this. Since we're talking about us on the thing, uh, on the rink, what would be the J Fresh model be for Clay and Parker 
would have to be an analytical stat of 100% war. So I don't even know what that means. Yeah. So remember, there's always the percentiles. Yep. For each stat. So you, for positivity, you'd be on the 100th percentile. You'd be top tier. Wow. It's making me cry. Actually, I do have something in my eye. So carry this for like 10 <laughs> seconds. Um, I don't know. I, it depends on the categories. If we're talking hockey uh, and you putting us in the NHL caliber uh, ranks, we'd both be at zero. Uh, unless the the stats go negative, uh, which they probably should in that case, it would for me. Okay, let's get to some. Re- Thank you, Charms. Though uh, appreciate the love, sort of, kind of. All right, Fangirls, how would you rate the first off season for this new management? Because yeah, league year is is right around the corner here. We're basically kicking things off. We got preseason in. Uh, uh, you know, we got, I mean, young stars in two weeks. We got preseason right after that. Where uh, where do you stand on off season number one for this group? Uh- I'll give them a B plus because if I count Boudreaux as part of that too, because remember Boudreaux had to be re-signed. You have the Miller re-signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a B plus. Yeah, I'd go B minus. I think. Okay. I, I, again, and I think just the you know the the Miller contract again sort of is like a B minus for me, and that's yeah. the biggest. That was the biggest thing they had to take care of this off season. I like um, how we got Kuzmenko ahead of everyone yeah, else. That's great. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. That's definitely a positive. I like uh, that. You know, I liked the the UFA signings. Mikheyev's a little scary to me at that cap number, yeah. um, but you know, Curtis Lazar being basically free is great. Um, so, it sort of balances out. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I like this from from Jaskrin. Would you rather fight Tom Wilson or Ryan Reeves? <laughs> I'm turtling, regardless. So, but if you had to pick one, if you had to pick one, uh, probably Tom Wilson. I yeah, think he's smaller. Yeah, Reeves just scares me. He just—he is a frightening person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I don't—I don't think he would care that I—I'm not a professional hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you actually see Tom Wilson. Did he make it to? Uh, he's made it to an All Star game once, right? Maybe he's—he's he's a good player. Yeah, I just picture him yucking it up with guys, or maybe I'm thinking of no, it wasn't Tom, John Scott. Yeah, I got to look that up, but I have. I have this image of in my head of Tom Wilson actually smiling, get along with guys, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, what else do we got here? Uh, I I wasn't looking at the bottom. Um, oh, I want to see what the poll was. Uh, we got our poll uh, for the Miller signing, sixty votes. Yeah. Uh, I hit the end button. We have B taking the win yeah. uh, for the Miller signing at sixty six percent of the vote. Yeah. Uh, 25% giving it an A, 8% yeah. giving it a C, and nobody giving it a D. So yeah. everyone is sort of saying good, good to great. Uh, and I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I did a poll like this on Twitter, Parker. And if you tweet A to love it, B to like it, C to dislike it, D to hate it. Very, very similar where, um, yeah, 90 for me, it was something like between 90 and 92% either loved it or liked it and same with us 91% gave it an A or a B so that that makes sense that makes Fair sense enough. I got this one I started from earlier as I learned how to actually use um, StreamYard in the back I, I'll start I'll give you uh, some time to think about this because unless you know right off the bat because I've talked about this before but I'd love to hear what you think um, if it were me and, and you often think of lines in Paris so I'm pairing for me I'm pa- pairing Horvat and Pearson PD and Besser and Miller and Garland so I got Miller and Garland playing with Kuzmenko. I got PD, Bester, Podkolzin, Horvat, Pearson, and Mikheyev. And then my fourth line of Lazar between, take your pick, but I'll, I'll go Joshua and Hoglander. Then I got Dickinson and Lockwood as my 13-14. So those are mine. I actually have the three Russians spread out over the three top lines. You know what? I forgot Tanner Pearson was a thing until you said his name. <laughs> well, there. I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah, the only yeah, I mean, I don't love Jason Dickinson making two point six five and being on yeah. the, in the press box, but uh, that's fair. That's fair. I think it's the right choice. Yeah. Um, I think I I'm putting the lot of line together to start. Yeah. Uh, is where I think I'd want to go. I want some explosiveness up front. Okay. I want to see if we can start scoring some goals uh, early. Um, yeah. I think my second line is going to be sort of, I don't know. You could go Horvat, uh, with. Uh, you could go like a Garland and Mikheyev, yeah. Uh, because I don't really want Pearson up there, but I know him and Pearson sort of have that uh, that connection. So I would assume it'll be like Horvat, Pearson, and uh, and Garland 
Yeah. And your third line, you're probably going uh, maybe Mikheyev uh, with, I guess, wait, who's your 3C? Well, then, Do well, you have a 3C? I guess well, I have the low line together. Yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess Dickinson's there. Mm, I don't like putting Miller on the first line anymore. <laughs> you can have a redo if you want. You can have no, a quick redo. I'm in too deep. We're going Dickinson <laughs> with the Russians, uh, although they're both lefties. Oh, this is tough. Well, actually, uh, you have all three Russians at your disposal still. You haven't used any yet. Didn't I put Mikheyev on the second line? No, I didn't. No, did you I? put, yeah. They're still all left wingers. Uh, I was going to put Dickinson with like Kuzmenko and Mikheyev. And then your fourth line would be like Lazar, Pod, Coles, and Hoaglander. But then Josh okay. was not in the lineup. And I'd rather Josh win the lineup than Dickinson, probably. Yeah, see, Dickinson uh, messes everything up, man. Dickinson does mess everything. Can we trade him, please? Does anyone want, anyone want him? For anything? Oh, that's good. We'll throw in a fourth, please. Yeah, I don't know. That's tough. Okay. I don't want to scrap the lotto line because the lotto line is fun. Yeah. Oh, uh, and Elias did say Tom Wilson made the 2022. Okay, that, that makes sense. Thank you. So here's the thing, though, uh, Parker. Yeah, obviously, the lotto line is a good go-to line. They were really good three years ago. But... Boudreaux keeps talking about having it doesn't mean they're going to separate them, but he keeps talking about having three really great centers, three really great centers. Yeah, I think I think genuinely it's not the play to put them together. Yeah. Um, and have your three really good centers uh, until yeah. you get to, in except maybe in a third period where like maybe you're down two goals. And then yeah. I say, OK, start throwing start throwing your best guys out there as much as possible. Right. Play them 12 minutes in the third period if you can. Um, and then, you know, cause I mean, you can do that, right? I mean, you can go third period where you basically play the lotto line and then you play Horvat, Garland and Mikheyev. Uh, and then you basically just swap those two lines back and forth with a quick, like third line shift in between, and then put those two lines back out. Um, right. if you need to, um, but yeah, I think it makes more sense to go balanced approach. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. At least, uh, Obviously, the forwards much improved and should be a strength of this team for sure. Hopefully. Yeah. Yep. We'll see. What else we got? It's, uh, it's all you. What do you got? Anything here? Uh, I have. Oh, Lucas asked an interesting question. Which NHL team do you think is deserving of a rebrand, in your opinion? Well, we saw the Sharks are going teal. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty sweet. Uh, except the teal pants are terrible. Yeah. Um, deserving of a rebrand uh who's got just a bad logo what are your th i'm gonna t i'm gonna pick some some that are maybe controversial what are your thoughts on what's your thoughts on the florida panthers logo okay just yeah okay. it kind of looks like a soccer logo hey <laughs> um, I, i'm not a fan of the washington capitals i think um they have had the exact same look for about 15 years now okay uh, I think they like since the Reebok days, they have not yeah. changed anything. Um, so How about that Islanders, Islanders, yeah, the Islanders do have an ugly logo, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a good pick. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the a rest are fine. Ones. I don't like the Predators logo that much. Yeah. In in the chat, we got Islanders, Ducks, Stars, Seattle. Yeah, the Seattle, Ducks. Seattle the Ducks got to go back in time. Yeah. I actually have never really hated the Ducks logo. I just think the color is so bland. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Seattle. I think Seattle is a, f a crowd favorite, to be honest. I saw, um, I think Jay Fresh did like a Twitter poll and yep. basically just got everyone to rank all the jerseys. And Seattle was like top five for their home jerseys, at least. Really? So people, people like the Kraken look. I agree. It's a, it's a, it's a, new color it's unique yeah, i like it i liked it i liked it when it came out not enough to get it get some obviously but i, I thought right. it was fine i thought it was good yeah um all righty what else we got oh uh, ah this is good edmund would you guys think hughes gets a new right hand partner or is it gonna be luke shen you i really am of the mindset that you cannot have luke shen be your number two defenseman sure he works well with quinn hughes that's because quinn hughes is really good and he makes it work 
There's got to be someone out there, whether it's Tyler Myers or anyone that's good, that because I don't want Luke Shen out there for 25 minutes a night. Yeah, it's just he's going to get burned too yeah. many times. He's yeah. a fine defenseman. He was pretty good for the Canucks last year, like genuinely pretty good. But I don't think I. I it was a one-off. It's the first time he's had a that good of a season in in quite a while, to the point where, you know, I. You, I mean, he's under contract for this last year. They you gotta get a real partner for Quinn Hughes at some yeah. point, obviously they don't have any cap space. Right. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, it's got to happen at some point. This is not what I want, but let's say Pullman starts the season hurt. What would you say about this Parker? Imagine this Hughes with OEL Dermot Myers, Rathbone Shen. I don't hate it. Yeah. I, I genuinely don't. I, I think getting Rathbone up there makes it much more interesting um then you know kyle burrows for example yeah. who who was good in his stint but there's nothing that stops you from sending kyle burrows down to the hl right um, can dermot play top four minutes though i think so i, I think i mean can luke shen <laughs> right would you rather travis dermot on your as if number four or luke shen as a number two uh good, i think good point i i think you take travis dermot in that case and then, yeah, if you can pull up a a Rathbone and and have him play, you know, third line, you know, yeah, like you said, with a Shen, yeah, uh, or with a Burrows or however that ends up, uh, yep. I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, Tucker Pullman, when he's healthy, where do you put him in? Is he your I top four, five, yeah. six? Yeah, I think. But so the, you, the problem yeah. is in this lineup, maybe not. Maybe he's a little yeah. higher, right? Maybe he's a four. Um, but I think he should be, you know, a five, six. We have a lot of the same type of right hand D don't we? <laughs> Meyer, Shen, <Yeah>. Pullman. <laughs> yeah. The Canucks have right-handed defensemen. They just don't have any, have any good ones, right? They don't have, they don't have any top four really. I guess Myers could be like a, a top four right now, but yeah, two, but we have, him as a top, that's the problem. We have him as a top two right in our lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Parker, the team's calling you, man. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm not good well. enough. Uh, Tier Luck says we'll re- we will acquire a top four right side defenseman before camp. I would bet you a lot of money that that won't happen. <laughs> because yeah. every single team in the league would love a top four right hand defenseman. So you are going to have to pay a premium for that uh, for that privilege. You would have to be giving up Connor Garland probably. Yeah. Uh, to make something like that happen, which is probably worth it <laughs> if you can get like a genuine top four. I agree. Um, but I I don't see many teams uh, getting that done because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. defensemen are just too valuable. And the winger market was really soft this offseason. Uh, wingers didn't command all that much in free agency uh, to the point where I, I think I, I don't think teams are going to be lining up for Connor Garland. Uh, and getting rid of a you know a top four defenseman. Yeah. Sapporo J says this. Rutherford knows his team only needs to make the playoffs and anything can happen. We've seen that once. Not not always the best uh, recipe for success, especially with great goaltending. He literally said this in an early interview. They are now a playoff team. Parker, my question is, are the Canucks a playoff team in your opinion? Not 100%. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we thought we said this last year. We had this conversation a year ago and we said, yeah, this is a playoff team. Yeah. And they weren't right. Nope. Maybe they were for the last half of the year, but you got to do it for 82 games. Yeah. Um, I don't like the win and you have a, or get in, you have a chance argument mm-hmm. um, because sure it's technically true. The problem is, you know, let's say, you know, let's say you are a, a worse team right? Let's say you're going up against a Colorado. Sure. You could win that series. Maybe there's a 30% chance you win that series, right? Which is pretty good odds against Colorado in a seven game series. But let's say you have three, let's say you have one series. That's kind of a gimme, right? You're against a pretty bad team. Maybe you have a 70% chance of winning that one, but then you have three more where you only have like a 30% chance to win. Right? So what happens there is you multiply 0.3 you multiply 30% by itself three times 
and then throw in that 70% in there for good measure. And now you have a 2% chance to win the Stanley cup. Mm. So it take on average, if you go in and you you're against better teams, maybe you win the Stanley cup 2% of the time. So you need to win in your win and get a shot 50 times. Well, how many times have the Canucks made the playoffs historically? What is it like 20 something? Probably yeah. half yeah. the time. Half, maybe half. let's, let's say, let's say, let's say 25 to make the, make the math easy. They haven't won it. They've only made it to the end three, three times. times. Yeah. Right. And so let's say you're making it. Well, I mean, what 16 teams make the playoffs, right? Let's say yeah. everyone has an equal shot to win it. So you're, you have a chance to win one in 16, right? I mean, that's only going to be maybe once every 40, 50 years. Yeah. So you need to give yourself the best chance possible. Sure. They could make the playoffs and then go on some crazy run and win it all. But that's basically what they did in the bubble. Right. And they ran into Vegas, a team that they almost beat that they were so clearly outmatched by. And it took a goalie putting up a 985 save percentage for them to have a shot, which is not going to happen again. Because it just doesn't. It was that was a. I, I'm not. I'm not expecting Demko to put up a 985 in any series anytime soon. Which brings us full circle to our very first conversation as to why this JT Miller contract signals that the Canucks are trying to go all in now over the next few seasons, and even that though doesn't guarantee a single thing. So that's what we're ready for. An exciting, not just season, but uh, a few upcoming seasons, but. I don't know, Parker. We're we're less than a month away, or we're basically a month away now from the start of the season. A couple weeks away from the first preseason game. That's pretty exciting. Three weeks yep. away. Yeah. Yeah, and and the Canucks have a, a you know they they didn't lose J T. Miller coming yeah. into the season, so they do have him at a reasonable number for this year, which means yeah. they they should be making the playoffs this year. That's that's the the standard that has been set. Um, the offense is good enough. Yeah. The defense probably isn't. And the goaltending definitely is. So that's where, you know, can the offense and the goaltending make up for the defensive woes that they will have uh, and be enough for this team to win, you know, 40-something games and, and, you know, ideally end up third in the division. Right, right. And let's end off with this, Parker, because I know you're an NFL guy and the NFL season starts this Thursday. Big, big matchup, potential potential uh super clash on the thursday night rams at home who you got i got the bills yeah. josh allen yeah it's pretty good also i do want to answer this one question because it oh, comes up course. every single every single time we talk about or anybody talks about like oh you just gotta you just gotta get in you have a okay. chance with Please. the la kings winning the cup being the eighth place team in the conference uh in 2012 yeah so you, there's one example yeah remember i said two percent yeah. There, there's your one example. Uh, also, I, if I remember correctly, didn't they have a ton of injuries in the first half of the season uh, and were way out of it and then went on an absolute heater to, uh, before they went into the playoffs and were yeah. like the best team in February, March, and April? Uh, yeah. So they destroyed, were... Destroyed Vancouver in the first round. Yeah, because they, yeah. the, they were one of the best teams in the NHL at that time. They just right. had a really bad first half of the season. Uh, they were still very well constructed. Yeah. So I, we understand the sentiment. We're just trying to lay out the math and the realistic, uh, and quite frankly, uh, we have to aim higher than that. Yeah. I think that's what I, I'm I want. I don't want three years of be, of being third in the division yep. because that's, there's still 10 teams above you. The odds of you winning a Stanley cup in that time is extremely low. Whereas if you can be build one of the best teams, in the NHL, uh, like Tampa Bay did, and they won twice. Like Pittsburgh did, and they won a bunch of times. Like Chicago did, and they won multiple times. Like Colorado has done, and now they've won a Stanley Cup, and there's no reason to believe that they won't be involved again. That's the level we want. We don't want to be, you know, the team that we don't want to be the Nashville Predators uh, in that one season where they made the final against Pittsburgh, <laughs> and then yeah. I think San Jose did the same thing. That's not the team you want to end up being where they just you just get destroyed in the final and then that's it. You only got one shot at it. Uh, mm -hmm. I just want the team to have as many shots as they can. Me too. Me too. All right. All right. I'm done. That was a good night. That was a good night. <laughs> that was. Uh, thank you all very much for joining. Yeah. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe, hit the like button. 
Uh, if you missed any part of it, you can rewind back to the beginning here on YouTube. You can find it on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We'll be up there in like 20 minutes. Uh, so maybe you can listen in the morning if you'd like. Uh, leave a like, subscribe to that good stuff. And Clay, do you have any parting words for this evening? Parker, brother, it was so good to talk about actual Canucks news. Canucks news that is significant, that makes a difference, that impacts the team. Not necessarily even this season, but the long short-term and long-term future. I loved it. Uh, we, it was, uh, it feels good. And I think we'll be he- fine here on in famous last words until nothing happens in the next week. But yes, I was going to say was- there's nothing's <laughs> going to happen in the next week. And then we'll be okay after the week after that. So, but for now that was a good chat and I am. Um, yeah. That was We're going to be recapping Seahawks Broncos Monday night football next week. Uh, yeah. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's it. And then previewing previewing and previewing we we can always yeah. pull those uh side bets out when we need to but we can we can absolutely talk about next week yeah yeah all right folks thank you all very much for watching have a lovely uh week and we will see you next time